You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to Guys Who Like Musicals, our podcast about all things Broadway from two Broadway insiders. I'm Dan Tracy, I'm in the cast of Waitress. And I'm Joe Carroll, I'm in the cast of Frozen on Broadway. And uh, this is Guys Who Like Musicals. Yeah. This week we're talking about uh, Company, Coming to Broadway. And the Little Mermaid casting controversy. We also will have an interview with our good friend R.J. Brown, star of 13 Reasons Why. He's kind of famous. It's a really good show. We're excited to get going. Let's start. So an actor is saying his lines, and then out of nowhere, he just starts singing. Five, six, seven, eight. You could drive a person crazy. You could drive a person bad. What harmony are we on? Hazy. If a person could be bad. Person crazy. That's Britney Spears in company. There's a Britney Spears musical happening. Wow. Yeah. I know. Okay. So, welcome to Guys Who Like Musicals. Here we are. What are we doing, Dan? Uh, how was your week, Joe? My week was good. I my week was great, actually. Um, well, you know, it was okay. Fourth of July holidays on Broadway are really insane because when people want a vacation and you know take time off, they want to see Broadway shows, and so that means right. that we did we did two shows on July third. Had July fourth off. Did two on Friday, two on Saturday. Did one on Monday. Sounds like I'm complaining. I'm not. It was just a lot of shows. You're definitely actually complaining. Yeah, I'm though. actually complaining. But it was just a lot. We were exhausted. Yeah, no, it's, and it's a lot of work. And Alex did yeah, 12 sure. in a row. My wife, who is in Comfort Way on Broadway, we interviewed her week one. If you haven't checked it out, please do. She did 12 shows in a row before she had a day off on the 4th of July. Yeah. It's just crazy around any holiday, basically. Waitress so, did 12 in a row, too, before, yeah. but I was on vacation. For that <laughs> week. That's very strategically picked that vacation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't have to do those 12 shows. Yeah. Um, but it was good. I saw what the constitution means to me and last week i talked about strange loop which was amazing um this has been it's turning into a bit of a gushing podcast which is totally fine because it's kind of what we wanted to do the constitution what the constitution means to me is one of the most important things i've ever seen and i i'm so grateful that i got to see it it closes august 26th if you can see it please for the love of god go um this is Heidi Schreck's semi-autobiographical one woman. Uh, it's not one woman. There's there's a couple people in it. But basically, it's her recounting her experience as a 15-year-old doing constitutional debate around the country to raise money for her college education. That's the short version. The long version is she talks about the Constitution in a way that every single American should hear because this document affects every single person, and you don't even realize some of the things that are written and the way that they're written and right. how, you know, things have been misinterpreted and interpreted and changed and amendments and all of these things. And it's just, it, it does get occasionally political, of course, political, of course, because it's a political document, but it is inherently just like educational in a way that educational and emotional in a way that I never expected. Alex cried through the whole thing. 
I cried through a lot of it. And then right when you think that you can't heave sob anymore, she hits you with a joke and the whole place just erupts. She's a genius crafter of storytelling. They're going to do the show in D.C. next. They close uh, August 26th, like I said. And that's like when the lease is done. That's like not like the show is selling out like crazy, but the le- their lease in the theater is done August 26th and something else is coming in there, I think. They're taking it to D.C., so if you live in D.C., you can see it there. I don't know if they're doing like a mini tour, but I know that she is going to perform some chunk of it at the Democratic National Convention. Cool. So that's cool. Awesome. Um, and the highlight is at the very end, and it's all in the review, so it's not like giving anything away. But the highlight is at the end, she does a live debate on stage with an 18-year-old uh, high school student who does constitutional debate. Oh, and cool. so she gets on stage with this with this girl and this 18 year old who came out her name was thursday williams and she was the most impressive person i've ever seen in my life she comes out and is like all put together and so smart and i was like how crazy is it to be that smart it was just um, it was unreal so could not endorse it more it's so important and so cool and take all of the politics out of it just go see the thing because it's remarkable what the constitution means to me <laughs> so cool so that was cool um cool next point company the london production of company which is gender swapped is gonna come to broadway hot take hot take uh there have been some breakdowns that have been released a couple of epas mm-hmm. and they are looking to find the american company i'm hoping that rosalie craig comes from from London because she's real good, Tobin, but also it says that the LaPone. offer is out. It to to who for Joanne? It's off. It's out. The it offer says that is the, out. Okay. the offer is out. So Patty so Lapone, Patty Lapone is most likely gonna be that person right. unless they really want to slap the American audiences in the face and have it be someone else. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, just to recap, Patty Lapone played Joanne in the West End production of Company. Yes, and uh, which I guess Joanne is. Still the same gender, but Bobby right. is but Bobby a, is woman a woman now instead of and a man. all the rest of the, the roles around Bobby, who right. is traditionally a man, right. uh, played by Raul Esparza in the most recent revival, right. um, is now going to be a woman, which is so cool. Yeah, so, super awesome. The really cast cool. album is amazing. Yeah, uh, it's on what, iTunes. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. Uh, I finally found my key of so many of those songs because I can just sing her keys. I'm like really thrilled about it. <laughs> <laughs> you sing into the lady key. Absolutely. Dude, sing lower. No. Bring your bring. Sing lower. My okay. larynx is in my nose. I can't. It, sorry about it. Yeah. When you you know there, that's there's stories about American idiot and kinky boots in there somewhere about screaming through the roof. But we'll we'll, uh, we'll yeah, talk about we'll that move at some past point. That. Yeah. Um, so our third little bit of news is this. Little Mermaid casting controversy, which is just... Twitter's stupid. So here's, for those of you who haven't heard, you must live under a rock or in the ocean. Don't yell at our listeners, Dan. I'm just saying. (laughs) Um, So Disney is keeping in their tradition of making these classic cartoon musicals that Joe and I grew up with. They're making live action remakes. They're doing The Little Mermaid. Rob Marshall is directing. Rob Marshall is perhaps one of the best musical m- movie musical directors that there could be did Ever. that Chicago movie Ever just heard of Chicago I mean amazing. not a big deal uh, started in the theater we love Rob Marshall they've made a really intelligent and brilliant choice of casting Halle Bailey as the little mermaid now for those of you who don't know sh- she and her sister have been they started on YouTube 
and were discovered by Beyonce because of some of the covers that they were doing and ended up opening for Beyonce on her European tour um, a couple years ago. And they've signed, Beyonce has signed her to her management company. And I mean, they're, they, these two are like being groomed. She's beautiful. She's talented. Um, she happens to also be black. And sure enough, the trolls came out to be furious that this previously red-headed white girl who is, who is supposed to be the Little Mermaid is now going to be a young black girl. And, you know, so many people have come forward and talked about how ridiculous this is. Freeform, which is uh, one of the wings of the Disney company, was all over social media talking about how they they released this really like sassy and funny comment about how exactly what Joe is saying like she's a mermaid <laughs> and mermaids can be black why wouldn't they be able to be you know and all of these things um maybe I'll post a little screenshot of their thing on our Instagram so that you can see it. I don't need to sit here and read this to you, but... The freeform thing? Yeah. Uh, I'll post it to our story so that you guys can see it, because I'm sure that you don't need me to read it out loud. But that's the gist of it. It's really infuriating to think that people have these vitriolic thoughts and are this publicly racist. I just, you know, I think she's going to be great, and I think it's an awesome choice, and I commend Disney for... Yeah, to thinking outside the box, and frankly, yeah, we and need to see more of that in musical theater. Right. And well, and there was a lot of great posts about like you know the thinking outside of the box, you know, outside of the casting norm when it came to Kristoff and Frozen, right, which, with Jelani, and now right. Noah playing, you know, playing that part. And and when I was in Cinderella, when Kiki Palmer came in to play Cinderella, and and Aisha Jackson who plays Anna a lot in, yep. in Frozen. I mean, it's just like. Like these are, and this right. is what and, I wanted to get and to. And Brittany at this Johnson, point. who's now standby for Glinda on Broadway and Wicked, who exactly. was like yeah. these things. First of all, representation matters. But one of the things that I wanted to add to this was uh, Rob Marshall's statement when he said it was abundantly clear that Hallie possesses that rare combination of spirit, heart, youth, innocence, and substance, plus a glorious singing voice all intrinsic qualities necessary to play this iconic role. Rob Marshall said that in his statement, and it's like. They could have cast anyone, right? Any single person, any any A list, B list movies. They could have cast any pop star, any international celebrity, and they they chose to cast this woman. And I think that everyone should just shut up about it and see that she is the best choice for the role, based in the you know in the eyes of the director, of the guy who gets to choose, right? Right, and. The hope, I guess, and two, two dudes sitting here talking about race, and we're getting a little long on the whole thing, but yeah. that it should be the best person for the job. And now evening the playing field slightly makes it more clear that it is the best choice for, for the job. Certain people are the best choice for the job. The playing field will never be even unless there's systemic change. And this is a very decent place to start, I think. And I think she's going to be amazing. Yeah, me too. So it's time for our favorite segment, Things We Love. love 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 I love you, I do. 
I don't know. We. <laughs> I love him. Dan wanted to sing. I love the. No, lateness, that's what so, we're gonna. Yeah, that's why we put in the 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 real, you know, the real one. Um, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? You go first. All right. So the thing I love this week is I'm in Frozen the musical on Broadway. Right? We all have established that. Sven the reindeer is in the Broadway musical. If you haven't seen the musical, Sven is in the, the, the musical. And it's remarkable the way that they created Sven on stage. But the way that it's set up on the my first entrance of the musical is during the first time in forever and all the people come out into, you know, and let's open up the gates and all the people come in for the coronation and like Elsa's gonna be queen and all these things. And I come walking in and it's this great musical theater entrance. And I, I, I come, uh, Wesselton comes walking in first, and then it's me, and then Kristoff and Sven come walking in, and this reindeer is one of the most impressive things that, I mean, you've seen it, right? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. He gets applause every single night. Entrance applause. It's wonderful. But it does sort of take a hit to the old ego when the reindeer <laughs> gets crazy applause after you. I just have to say. Okay, so. Joe, you're just a person. That is an extraordinary puppet. I know. Okay? It's an extraordinary puppet. Why don't you puppet? take a back seat? I know. And at the end, for bows, I come walking out and I do my, my bow and everybody's like, very, you know, sort of lukewarm, you know, you did okay. And they're like, my mom's there. There's like, woo! You know, in the background. Okay. <laughs> Then out comes Kristoff and Sven, and the place goes nuts. And I know that Noah is great in the show, but they are clapping for that reindeer. And I just think that it really puts your ego in a good spot when you realize that the reindeer is getting way more applause than you. And the dude didn't even say anything. He's a reindeer. He didn't say anything the whole day. He didn't sing a song. I had to sing. I just sing songs. And it, anyway, so that's the thing I love this week because I just was thinking, I was standing on stage the other day, being like, this reindeer. It is upstaging everyone all the time, except for maybe Casey and Patty. So that's, well, that's what I love this week. If you were better. <laughs> if, well, yeah. It could if be you on were me. better. If I was better, mm-hmm. it might not happen. But I'm pretty sure that John Riddle would uh, agree that this is... We'll have to get him on the show and ask yeah. him. I want to do a section. I want to do a, a segment called Hans on Hans. <laughs> and it's not sexual. Okay. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Hans on Hans? <sighs> Write us on Instagram. Let us know if you'd like that idea. Dan, what do you like this week? uh, This week, I love um, Broadway understudies. I'm not... (laughs) It's it's hard to say because, like, I am one. You are one. Excluding myself. You're great. I saw your Earl. It was great. I'm fine. Uh, (laughs) This week, I did my first Dr. Pometer press event uh, in Atlantic City for Waitress uh, on Broadway at the Boardwalk, which is, I, I guess, happening every Monday in Atlantic City on the Boardwalk. It's a free show. There were like 2,000 people there. That's awesome. 50% of them were there to see Be More Chill. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I How much love mon- Tiffany Man too. How much money did you lose at the casino? Uh, only $70. <laughs> I, was very, I was very good. Yeah. You're but a, you're a I was at the uh, sound check, and this kid man with a cowboy hat on and a Gibson guitar comes out and starts playing and I was like oh this kid must be Damon's understudy in Oklahoma and he was so good yeah and the girl who is Rebecca's understudy Uh she was so good and I just had this moment where I was like Broadway is freaking awesome (laughs) you know (laughs) Like, we're there, and, and 
this is a good time for me to tell that story of like when I saw Ben Hopin once. I saw once four yeah. times, yeah. and it was still when Kristen and Steve were in the show. Yeah. Kristen Milioti was nominated for a Tony for once uh, to play as the lead girl, and Steve Kazee won the Tony for once. And so obviously, when somebody when that happens, people want to go see those people. So we're there, and Steve's out, and Ben's on, and the people in front of us were like flipping out. Mm-hmm. that he wasn't in mm-hmm. i can't what a waste of money oh this is awful and ben was amazing as you know joe was in that show and at intermission they were like oh he's really good yeah, yeah. No, kidding. no shit no kidding so i had another one of those moments at oklahoma and I, awesome. I just love that about broadway that there's just um you know getting to see understudies and and being an understudy and and seeing just how much talent there is out there like my fellow understudies at waitress and just knowing like that they're the gen- they're the future of of kind of who's going to be yeah. the people running things well think about every backup quarterback who became that's true a, a starter Tom think Brady. about every you know reliever who became a starter. like t- pick your sports metaphor because we're guys who like musicals we could talk in that way every that's exactly what the understudy community is they're just as good yeah they're just as remarkable and they keep the show alive and I've had that experience so many times sitting in a theater where an understudy goes on and the leaflets in the thing and you're sitting next to somebody and they're like god the understudies. Are you kidding? Studying. Yeah. And I just oh. want to be like, like, first of all, shut up. Right. And someone very close to me, uh, we were seeing Hamilton. And we were seeing Hamilton. We're sitting in the seats. And Lynn was out. And Javier was on. Javier Munoz, who was his... I know Javier from Camp Broadway in fourth grade. He was oh, my counselor. Oh, my God. We're going to talk about that sometime. <laughs> so Javier is on. And this person was, like, really upset that Lynn was out. Intermission, she was like, oh, my God. Oh my God, this is unbelievable. He's amazing. He's amazing. Right. He's unbelievable. He so you, you always have that experience. So understudies rock. But let's talk about RJ. Okay, RJ's yeah. Coming. Let's get into RJ Brown. Okay. RJ Brown. We are interviewing RJ Brown today. Yeah. RJ Brown uh, is a musical, uh, Michigan musical theater graduate. But yeah, he's best known as Caleb on 13 Reasons Why. Um, and frankly, we don't get into a lot of that. Or um, any of it. And we talk about, he was we're just one of our best friends, super interesting guy. Uh, we were roommates in college. Uh, he was in my wedding, um, as was Dan. Dan gave one of the best best man speeches that has ever happened. Just FYI, you no one cares and you'll never hear it. But it was really great. Or maybe you could read it on. Uh, no, no, okay. Anyway, R.J. Brown. Um, we what we loved about t- talking with him in particular was he was a song and dance man. He worked at the Muni in college in St. Louis, the St. Louis Muni. Um, he did, uh, you know, was in all of the shows in college, all the U prods, and he and he grew and like up as dancing a dancer. in the ensemble. Yeah, and he's a song and dance man. He moves to New York City, and just starts booking TV shows left and right, and, and becomes and, this like kid just like skyrockets. Mm-hmm. He books Carrie Diaries in his first year, and so we just were kind of trying to get a good, uh, some kind of sense and a little bit of advice for you about how he made that transition, things that were scary, things that he learned, things he wished he'd known. He gets into a lot of, uh, uh, of his point of view on how to transition into yeah. film acting and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, 
It's a great interview for anybody who is worried about, oh, what if I go to musical theater school? What if I go major in musical theater? Am I going to be taken seriously as a television actor? Am I going to be taken seriously as a TV and film actor? And I think he squashes that question, or at least sheds light on that question. Absolutely. Um, But one of my favorite things, he did a show when he was really young called the NASA Science Files. We used to make fun of him in college for this because he was, it was like a child. I mean, he was, I think he was like 11 or 12 or something. Yeah, he was still a child. On his IMDb page, if you look him up on IMDb, this is what his bio says. Before his career in movies, RJ was a regular on the NASA web show Kids Science News Network. His rise to fame included discussing the inner workings of servers and how wind tunnels work. His superb explanations enlightened the youth of the 1990s and onward. So there's somebody I out there. I wish I knew how famous he was. There is somebody out there who's messing with him. Like somebody wrote that. There ha- I want to know who it is. And it's got to be one of his friends from Virginia, back, in, back home in Virginia, or somebody from Michigan. Maybe it's Allie Gordon, because Allie Gordon used to make fun of him all the time for the NASA science. That process. sounds and like her, We too. don't get to this in the interview, but I'm going to figure this out, because he, it's, that's hilarious to me, because he was a child actor on a PBS show about NASA. Um, anyway, long story short, we love him. Here's our interview with RJ Brown. Okay. <laughs> We're Good here. Start. Good start. We're here with R.J. Brown, Roosevelt the Harvey Brown. The J. What's the J? Junior. Junior. Yeah. <laughs> of course. R.J. Brown, um, you're our first interview. Yes. Welcome I like being to first. Guys Who Like what? Musicals. Yeah, is that what the name of it is? That's what, yeah. We didn't even tell uh, them what the name of the podcast is. All right, we yeah. should do that again. Okay. I need to know what the name is. The name is called... No, I think this is good. No, we'll this, just is good. Yeah, this, this is good. This is good. This is good. Everyone's learning the name. We're, figure, we're figuring this out together. So yeah. please keep listening to us. And, and the reason that we brought you here is because you have... 30,000 Instagram followers. <laughs> <laughs> not, not yet. Not yet, actually. That's a lie. I don't want any fake news out there. I have like 23.2, I think, last time I checked. I No, but here's the thing. Okay, so RJ, <laughs> well, just, just quickly, 13 Reasons Why, the Carrie Diaries, Blue Bloods, Girls, all sorts of TV work, uh, new plays, uh, graduate of the University of Michigan. We were roommates in college. Yeah. You you were in my wedding. Yeah. So wow. we, we know each other a little bit. Yeah. Um, but we did bring you here because people probably want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> Isn't that what we all think? Yeah. We hope. We'll find out. No, I mean, we will. We'll find we out. Will. Yeah. So if, you know, we're going to live and die by if people yeah, yeah, tune yeah, yeah. into we'll this just, interview. Let's just say that they are going to listen Great. to it. Great. Yeah. Um, but what we're here to talk about, uh, guys who like musicals, right? That's what we, we're we calling this thing. Um, what... How'd you get started? Tell me about, Where like, you know, from? Virginia. Yeah. What the, you know, t- take us back to a young tap dancing R.J. Brown. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I'll, I've, I've always debated which story I would tell of how I got started. I'll tell the worst one first, and I'll tell the one that I usually tell people, and you guys will edit around it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think or we won't. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one that I remember that my mom doesn't remember is that I was sitting in front of TV, and I was watching some fireman or, or a police show and I was like I want to do that and we changed the channel I was like I want to do that too I was like how can I do both of those things and there's something crazy like president and the police and she was like you can be an actor and I think I saved that that's either a dream or real life my mom doesn't remember it so we'll, I'll see if that story is better than the following story uh, I really like that story you like the story yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so vote 
Send your email to guyswholikemusicals.com at gmail.com and tell them which story you like better. Um, the second story... Um, I don't think that exists yet. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, well, looks like you got to make it. Yeah, we got yeah, Okay, but we don't have a Gmail account. But you, but you bought the no, Instagram but like, account? But like, yeah, we have the Instagram account, and I... Um, yeah, so DM us on Instagram. DM you, you like on the yeah, first story. There you go. Now I, know where I'm, now I know what I'm using now. There you go. First story... Yes or no? Second story uh, is that I, I my, one of my best friends, I, my brother Julius Thomas. Uh, I grew up with him. We were born in the same hospital, same same city. Uh, our dads do the same thing. I've known him for a very, 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 very long time. Uh, we would sleep over each other's house all the time. And I was over there one time, and his mom woke him up, and she was like, "Hey, Julius, it's time for tap class." I go to tap class with him, and uh, while I'm there, I'm watching him. I'm like. I could do that way better than he can. I've never <laughs> tapped before. I'm watching this. I'm like, I can do this better than he can. Uh, we go back again at some other point. I take the class just because I'm like the weird guy sitting in the corner. Take the class. I stay. Julius goes on to play basketball in college. <laughs> <laughs> and is like going to be a pastor like in, in the next two years. And I'm still doing it. So that's the other story I tell. So it's either one or two. Story one or two. I think they're both great. Yeah. We'll do Maybe I should poll. meld them together. Yeah, we, yeah, we'll do a poll. Yeah. yeah. We'll figure it out. So yeah. so, and how old were you when that was? Ooh, I would say like uh, 11, 12, somewhere like that. Yeah. So you 12, hadn't 12, done 12. like what was your exposure to? I'd, no exposure at that point. Like no, to, there was exposure. I, I did like. Did you like listen to me? Like, how about music? Like, I what, see. What, your, what were your parents like? I see. I see. Um, mom, well, because you guys know me, you know my mom. But mm-hmm. for those who don't, my mom is is just me. It's just like a better version. Oh. I always say that people want to hang out with me because they they know that my mom's around the corner. Uh, but uh, she uh, she she's vibrant, alive. She's like uh, she loves everything. I love everything. And again, that's why I think that first story is is yeah. true. You um, love you love everything. I love if I, everything. If I know something about you, you you love. I mean, you, or at least an interest in in a, in a lot of things. Didn't you get get into Michigan for engineering? I did, yeah. Okay, so so just to make a little context, so RJ and I and Dan went to the University of Michigan, majored in musical theater. But don't RJ, stop listening. I promise this isn't going to be a go blue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah, maybe the last time. Ohio State people. Yeah, we yeah, won't yeah. say that ever. Again. We won't say that ever again. But <laughs> RJ gets in to Michigan academically yeah. for engineering, yeah, as well as singing, dancing, and acting. Yeah. So like. Can we spread the wealth a little bit, please? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did not, just so no one builds a, a fake story of myself, I did not continue the engineering route. I went to the first class, and I was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. yeah. I went to the first two classes. But I did get in. And you like so right. everything. You, you like, and I like everything. So. I like a lot of things yeah. in general. Maybe not everything. Um, where were we? We were talking about your mom. Yeah, my mom. When oh, your, exposure how, to what your parents were like. The exposure. exposure. There's no. So so basically, what I'm saying in short is that there was no person who was like, "I'm gonna do that." There's no role model where I was like, "I'm gonna do that." It was purely the stories that I used and I ended up doing it. I was like, "I'm good at it." I like the people. Um, I, I like the community. I like seeing shows. I don't dislike this, so I kept riding with it. Right. And then after Hurrah Players, which is where uh, Julius and I tapped together, I did almost every show in Hurrah Players. Met some of my best friends in life. And that's then after, in Norfolk? That was in Norfolk, Virginia. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, for those who don't know, Hurrah Players is a community theater in Norfolk, Virginia, um, started by Hugh Copeland. And uh, through that, I really, again, I was only there because I liked the people and I didn't dislike acting. It was a great time. Uh, but 
he he took us. We performed at the Homestead in Virginia, okay, yeah. which Joe has stayed at. Yeah. We performed in Hatteras. We performed all over the country. We'd go up to New York every Thanksgiving. So it became this culture that it was just became my life at a certain point. Then after Hurrah, I went to Governor School, which was performing arts high school in uh, Hampton Roads in the Norfolk area. Uh, again, with a lot of the same people from Hurrah. So again, it was just one of those things where it's like, oh. This makes sense. I mean, I've been doing this for five years. I should keep doing it in high school. So it was like junior year of high school that I said to myself, wait, musical theater isn't a thing. You can't live your life on that, right? <laughs> so I had the existential crisis pretty early, actually. So like junior year, I started applying for plan B options, uh, hence engineering and such. <laughs> so I guess a lot of people, you know, we make jokes about how a lot of actors are, are not great at... Um, math and yeah. science and you are apparently quite good at math and science i was i was it's uh, that muscle is atrophied for sure it's been like a 10 12 years something like that oh my uh God. but yeah so atrophied. the progression the progression was just an organic progression versus like a, a strike like a yeah a, a lightning bottle progression lightning bottle lightning yeah like in something a bottle. lightning like, in a bottle like, like something was like struck me and i was like i have to do this yeah what, what is interesting, I think, about that, the three of us, is that we're all first-generation actors. Exactly, so yeah. So coming from families right, right. that don't have really... My aunt is, is in the business, but a lot of you know our immediate families are not you know, actors. There's no, like, grooming. Right, You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. and yeah. just you know, back to the, the, you know, your family. Your, your dad what was a chaplain in the military. Is he, not, he just retired, he just retired? Like, last year, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Because you went to the... 30, 35 yeah. years, something like that. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, 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 long time. Um, and so were they, were they always, like, as you were progressing, was there ever a moment where they were like, you know, hey, you have to do engineering or as no. well? Or was that kind of in your own, like, I need to... Yeah, that was, that was more so me um, uh, igniting my own existential crisis. But uh, my parents were there the entire time. My dad didn't discourage me from trying something else. I think he was okay with me. He's trying to dip my toe in something else. Right. But again, they were... Since it was so organic, it just made sense. You know what I'm saying? Like it, 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 They're like, yeah, we've watched you grow up doing this, so of course you should go to school for this. It seems like this might pay out. And uh, I'm glad they did. Yeah. I wonder if our parents had conver- like what the conversations yeah. were like behind 100%. closed doors. Like, 100%. And that's, I, I've, I've never actually had this conversation with my parents to be like, what were you talking about when I was like, I want to be an actor? That's a great podcast option, actually. Yeah. So I could go into it a little bit, but uh, you should go first. Well, I just wondered because my dad makes labels. Yeah. My mom has had a million jobs. She was an economics major in college, and then she started, uh, she's a chef now, and she runs a catering company. Yeah. Um, but she danced clothes in the window. Um, uh, it's better. Yeah, the birds. No, the birds are driving <laughs> crazy. So, um, yeah, we're in a field right now, everybody. <laughs> yeah, we're in Central <laughs> Park. Come on by. <laughs> we're on the <laughs> only apartment in Midtown with birds <laughs> chirping. Yeah, yeah, we're making New York City look like a nice place. Um, but you know, so my parents were were both um, very, you know, hardworking sort of muggles. You know, yeah, as we call yeah. it. And I, I wonder, you know, if they had this moment when I was in high school where they were like, "Oh my God, we're never going to be able to retire." Because our son wants to sing and, da- sing and dance for a living. A hundred percent. I could only assume. Yeah, I got, I got small. Yeah. I have the same curiosity, but I got. They never were out with it. They never made me feel bad. Which never, is great. Yeah. yeah. They were, did they, you get? Yeah. A, did you ever get any public, like not public, but Lashings. like from your parents? From <laughs> no. my parents. Like, <laughs> no. Did your parents? Shame, you know, shame, shame. Was there shame. any of that? Did you ever feel any sort of discouragement, or were you encouraged the whole way? Because I think. 
uh, we both, Joe and I both have that, the, the, the pleasure of, yeah. that we grew up in a family that allowed us to do this. It was Did really you have blessing, that like a blessing. It was I, really I, yeah, right. I would, I would have to use the same words, honestly. Uh, uh, and, and, and to, to your point, similarly, um, I didn't feel discouraged ever, like no, no active discouragement. Um, of course, I, I do think, knowing my parents, I do think that there were conversations, and I think my mom was my hero a lot, actually, in those conversations of like, no, 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 this is how this is going. He has to keep doing this. Not that my dad was fighting against it, but he's trying to be more practical, I assume, and yeah. this is a new thing for all those families. Right. Um, similar to your, your stories, and it was a blessing, for sure. Yeah. A lot of people don't have that, which is sad, but yeah. I, I'm glad I did, yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. So, so you were... We'll jump around a little bit because then, you know, you governor school, Michigan, you, you move here. And I, I guess what interests me most about your story is you were like the song and dance man in college. You mm. were you were the dancing, you know, dancing, singing. You know, everybody wanted to watch RJ dance. Still, I still love watching you dance. It's it's we got to make that happen. But you <laughs> just here. me dancing. You, yeah, <laughs> dude, we should make a we should make no, you a music honestly, video. Yes, okay. great. Yeah, listen, yeah. people need to know that. People need yeah. to know that this is a thing. Uh, yeah. because, we'll, we'll talk off camera. Yeah. You, okay, because yeah. yeah. you were the song and dance man, and then you moved to New York and almost immediately um, started working on TV. And, yeah. and have been very consistently ever since. Yeah. And so I wonder, like, you know, what was that like? Do you, did, did you ever mourn the, the slight death of the musical right after graduation? Or Because it never dies. Like, you'll do a musical at some point. And yeah. And like, you go yeah. in for musicals, you audition for musicals. But, yeah. you know, you just, you spent so much time dancing and singing. Yeah. And, and I wonder what that transition was like. And that's, and, and I, have, I haven't been asked that in a public forum, which is a great question, honestly. And, um... There was a transition of me fighting, me me feeling, not wanting to waste the, the number of years, me not wanting to waste the number of years of me singing and dancing. I, like I said, I started at like 12 and did it at least through yeah. t- 22 years. Like the Muni 2012 was the last time I did a musical. Uh, that was the last musical I did. So after, after that and I got signed and I started doing TV and film, there was a moment where I was still taking voice lessons and then I was still going in for some dance calls and stuff like that. But then I realized that you I was... You went in for, like, Hamilton originally, didn't you? I did go for Hamilton. Yeah. I've, been in a, I've been in for Hamilton actually pretty recently, uh, probably about, like, a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, for Chicago. Uh, the scheduling didn't work out. But um, uh, I did mourn very slightly, but it was a very quick mourn. Because I think, again, the curiosity of something else yeah. I was open to. And, I, again, I think I had the... At least subconsciously, I was aware that I could always come back, mm-hmm. and hopefully I come back better because I have time off, which I think really has helped me. The perspective of this ten years of me doing it straight, and then the seven years in New York of not doing it at all, and then me looking back and going, "Oh, this part I want to keep. This part I want to keep," versus just burrowing through. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's been helpful actually. Been yeah. able to look back at all of it and then decide which parts I liked and which parts I didn't like. And maybe implement them in the future. Yeah. yeah, it's been helpful. Yeah. So, so then when that transition starts to happen, you know, you're 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 singing, you're dancing, you're you you go to musical theater, and then as that TV transition starts, and we talked about this a lot, is yeah. like what you kind of learned on the job, like yeah. how to be a, how to work on TV, like how to work yeah. in front of a camera, what that's like, yeah. how to audition in front of a camera, yeah. and you know, what are 
I don't want to say advice because, but like tidbits about that. Like what was the main difference and did you have any like massive failures in front of very important TV casting directors? <laughs> uh, yeah, yesterday. Speaking of which, no. Yeah. Um, How much time do we have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You right. want me to list all of them? Uh, right. Uh, yes, of course. There are so many failures. And honestly, the one, the one tidbit, just concerning the audience again, the one tidbit about it I would say is the idea that I think we create, as musical theater performers, we create the idea that we can't do straight plays or TV and film as well as TV and film people do it. It's really essentially the same thing, yeah. just bottled up. And, I, and, I, and bottled up is probably the wrong verb, but that's the only one I can come up with right now. It's just the idea that you can, it's the same process, right? It's just a different execution. It's just a different filter on front of the process. Right. You know what I'm saying? Instead of performing for people, the closest person's 30 feet away. Exactly. The closest person is a lens that's maybe a foot from your face. You know? Which I think in, in these terms that we're using now, somebody explained to me, it would have shortened my learning curve. But the learning I, through the learning curve, I learned what I just told you right now. And truly, anybody who's listening to this who does any acting at all, you can do any form of acting you want. It's a matter of setting it and then seeing it and then reps, yeah. right? Just I, I failed yeah. often enough in front of a self tape that I was like, that looks bad. I should stop doing that. Well, that's, this works better. That's such a good point because we we have access to you know we all have these brilliant cameras on our phones now yeah. that like if you're learning how to act in front of a camera, buy a twenty dollar tripod, throw yeah. it up in your house, and figure out like what works and what doesn't exactly. work. exactly because you, you and you can see it. You know you can see like oh wow I look I look a little you know I look a little insane doing this thing yeah. don't do that or this <laughs> you know, or this emotion the doesn't head of casting at CBS exactly and this emotion doesn't come off as well as i thought it did in my head which is more so that it's getting out of your head and seeing what is in your head portrayed versus just staying in your head the whole time cuz if you if you do a happy and you're happy is usually like a low happy people might not know what the hell you're doing <laughs> you know what i'm saying like right, right. yeah so it's a lot it's a lot of uh, trial and error honestly yeah yeah when you, so, you know, we graduate 2012 and then the Carrie Diaries happens, which mm-hmm. is a pretty, I don't know, maybe the first big break-ish. It's, yeah. it's a first break, right? 100%, like 100%, 100% the first break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite stories that you, you tell is when you're like, you know, so you'll, you'll see somebody on the street now yeah. and you see somebody walk around and somebody will come up to you and they'll be like, RJ, and you look at them, uh-huh. they look at you like they know you <laughs> and you look at them and you think, Wait, are they from Virginia? Yeah. Did I grow up with them? Wait, are they from Michigan? <laughs> wait, are they friends from New York? Oh, wait, they recognize me from the Carrie Diaries. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, you're like, and that's not a bad thing. This no, is it's not. Like, no. It does happen where like that was like a fair amount of exposure, and and it's still people watch it on Netflix. They love that show. <laughs> yeah, it, honestly, and and that story has since evolved because I, I since then it's dropped on Netflix, um, and more people have watched it, and now. People who I now assume know me from Carrie Diaries, I still go through. I ask them instead. I go, because I've had egg on my face before where you, <laughs> you jump the gun and you go, they go, you look really familiar. And I go, I was Thomas West in Carrie Diaries. <laughs> and then they go, no. They're like, well, are you from Norfolk? And I go, oh, yeah, 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 of course. No. Of course, yeah, that's where, yeah, that from Virginia. Nightmare. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good to see you, Letitia. Yeah. Good to see oh you. Oh my yeah. God. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Right. Nice to meet you, Mom. Yeah. 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 yeah right. 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 Um, That's amazing. But yeah, it's flipped since then. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. But uh, so like did that experience, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, you know, brought you to New York. Well, I mean, do, are, do you still keep in touch? I mean, we keep in touch. with. Oh, Jake, yeah. Obviously. What did I, I learn from that experience? Learned, learned from the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, I think I, I gathered a lot of friends, to be honest. Uh, Jay Robinson, yeah. who, who we, we talked pretty often. Yeah. Uh, Ellen, Ellen Wong, who I see pretty often, too, whenever I go to L.A. or, or Toronto. And we actually have a group thread that's pretty ghost-like for a long period of time. But when someone's in New York, it, it lights up, right? So um, a lot of friends came from that. And, and because we were so young at the time, and a lot of us were growing at the same time, or we were all in the same place at the time, uh, we... That bond was something special. Um, Were most of you twenty two or twenty, you know, like twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. I would that say that a little a hundred percent, well under thirty. Yeah. Um, some of some of the I was twenty two. I think there were a few people who were younger than I was, but we were all around that age, under yeah. twenty five for sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, in terms of professionally, what did I learn? It's the first big set I worked on, um, on a network show, but I wasn't. Oh, I didn't allow myself to be aware of that. Maybe it was subconscious that I didn't let myself think of those things, which then in turn didn't give me anxiety about those things. More so, I was because I was coming from musical theater and I was in that mind space that everyone was in. Uh, Dan, I, uh, there's a, there's a squirrel. I'm so pissed. I hope the squirrel makes it in the frame. I might kill it. There's a squirrel <laughs> outside. We, uh, Dan has a garden in the back garden area, uh, and there's a squirrel that's eating his... Um, eating his, his, his corn. His corn. His, his tomatoes. Yeah, what, what is it? Get Tom- the- <laughs> okra, <laughs> not okra. What is growing back here, actually? Uh, there's all sorts of stuff. He's got like, like herbs and all sorts of crap. Is this a, this is the feigned uh, shirtless picture? Oh yeah, yeah. Is that here? Like with the with the tomatoes. With the yeah. tomatoes. Yeah, we're still recording. We're gonna put that up. We, we should make that viral. We gotta make again, that viral yeah. again. That picture of you with the t- shirtless with the tomatoes. Hashtag thirsty. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, that's a better one. All right. Good. All right. Um, so now that Dan has... You didn't kill the squirrel, did you? Not today. <laughs> but I can't make any promises. It's the same We're going to get a letter from PETA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. PETA's definitely going to listen I'm not going to kill the squirrel, okay? I just don't understand why the squirrel is eating flowers. It's not food. Hey, man, it's New York. There's not much food to I eat. I know. It's a New York squirrel. He should go down to Flatiron and just take people's food. All right, so we went on a two-minute detour. Back to Carrie <laughs> Diaries, back to RJ Brown. Uh, learn professionally, learn professionally. Yeah. Uh, um, I, was, I was so, because I was transitioning from musical theater acting and this learning cover I was talking about into the TV and film, I was so ultra-focused on scene work and what my face looked like and such that the, the anxieties of the bigger realm of this is a big break weren't in my head. And, and luckily so. Oh, actually. sure. So um, I, I was more so, I learned beat-wise how quickly I can memorize something, how fast TV works, and how quickly they can change a line the day of. Um, and rehearsals in TV are very different than rehearsals in theater. Right. Uh, and, 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 and all the sort uh, at 22. I, I learned a good amount. It was a great experience. Yeah. Was, yeah, and like people like like uh, like Anna Sophia had been, they'd been working a lot. Like there are certain people who had more experience on that set that I imagine you'd sit around and watch, you know, watch dailies or watch them on the screen and be like, oh, I get it. You know, I had very few scenes with Anna Sophia, but I still uh, could feel the, her her backstage presence was very 
very present. Yeah. You had more scenes with Anna Sophia than I did. Uh, so so you had which more, was what two I, scenes? I had, I had like two scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I had two yeah, scenes. I yeah. did. I was on the carry diary. Not a big deal. Uh, but um, that was people come up. They're like yeah. Joe Carroll. Yeah. No. Honestly, people. I'll go through the Frozen autograph line. You know, signing playbills and stuff, and they'll be like, "I didn't realize that you were on the." People love that show, dude. People love that show. People really people like love it, that show. and it's. You know, I'm like, I was there. You, you basically, if you blink, you miss my face on that. Yeah, TV yeah, show, yeah. But, but people know. They know, and they're like, yeah, you're. You probably have thing. a fan account out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, so then I may be flash forwarding and missing some things so you can fill us in if you need to, but you end up on the set of Girls, another show that people love. Yeah, I love this yeah, show too. Yeah, and, and Lena Dunham directed your episode, right? She did. So, she did. Or, or uh, you did a couple, but. I did a couple. How was yeah. that experience? What was it like? It felt like her? one. Um, Lena Dunham is is quick-witted and sharp uh she knew exactly what she wanted uh it was smooth sailing i was extremely intimidated <laughs> a lot of my scenes were with adam driver uh who 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 was adam driver from girls at the time but is right. now adam, adam driver. driver yeah what, the adam driver is he yeah. just like adam driver the a-list movie star yeah, or is yeah, he, like, 100%. of star wars it, if adam driver like walked into this building right now <laughs> i think people would just lose their shit yeah but uh girls Lena Dunham at the time was somebody who I uh, looked up to in terms of the the entrepreneurial hat, um, and she was, I would almost say, part of that millennial head of the curve in terms of I direct, I write, I act, um, and and she was one of the few people that I was clocking since I was in college of like, man, I want to do those things. Who are the people doing those things now? Because prior, the only the only people in my head I had were Pharrell Williams whom I love. Your favorite. My favorite. Uh, George Clooney was somebody who was a big deal too. But the people who like put on multiple hats and to work with Lena directly, I was able to see how that works, you know? They, how she directs herself, how she directs other people, how she changes the script on set. That was a great learning experience also, actually. That's amazing. Yeah. So what did she, what, I mean, how'd she do it? <laughs> how'd she do I, it? I want to know. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's Honestly, man, another thing I've learned, now that I'm 30, <laughs> it's all way more simpler than we You're make not it. You're 30 yet. I'm, I, I just say, I, people ask me, how old are you? I go, I'm 30 in October. I don't say I'm 29. I say I'm 30 in October. I'm just preparing yeah, but my also, mind like, and we spirit. Yeah, we'll like have a 30th birthday party. We have to like do something for 30? Right. Yeah. Like you can't yeah. say that you're 30. I'm like, no, I didn't miss eh. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'll come and go. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to have a big 30, 30th bash. We'll find out what it is. All right, great. Uh, but I'm 29, okay? okay? Great. God damn it. Um, All right, Lena, what I learned now that you're Lena, older, right? What I learned now that I'm older is that it's a lot of communication. So you ask how did she do it, and, and she would travel from Video Village to the set quite often. Ask it. She would have another good thing is that she had someone she trusted there, uh, Jen Croner, Jen, Jenny Croner. I don't get her name wrong, um, who, who worked on a bunch of stuff now, camp she did with Lena Dunham. Um, Camping, I think it's called. But she had somebody who she trusts, so she would come back, who was almost like an assistant director, slash she was also the creator of the show. But when Lena couldn't be somewhere, she had someone she trusted who was somewhere, which I think is a really big part. And then the communication of what she wants, her vision is fleshed out prior to her doing it. Right. And then she sets up the infrastructure for her to move through it freely, which is another big thing. That's what do you mean good. by that? The infrastructure of, like, she'll talk to everybody, she'll talk to the sound man, she'll talk to the... Uh, DP, she'll talk to all the actors, make sure there are any que- any questions, no questions, and then she'll run it. And instead of going through it and being like, okay, no, I think you should, 
uh, no cut. We should change in the middle of scenes. She's more so laid out the land prior to doing it. So then when you do it, you know everything that's going on. And if she wants to change something within it, it's small, not And then big. she can just yeah. like focus on exactly. acting and like just exactly. wear that hat, exactly. which must be really hard. That's exactly. So cool. I this is probably jumping around too, but I you talk about Lena Dunham and the and the entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We worked together producing a show. Uh, we raised we raised money and did a bunch of stuff for the Woodsman uh, yeah. off Broadway. Yeah. Um, which was really great. Um, really one great. One of the coolest experiences of. Shout um, out to the Woodsman, man. Shout out to yeah. Rob Manis, all that team. That yeah, was it, one of the coolest things that I've honestly, ever done. Yeah. Um, me too. And but you are back to what we were talking about at the beginning. A guy who likes everything and, and yeah. you know, from producing to what, what is like your, first of all, what are you doing now uh-huh. that you're, that, you know, you're wearing a bunch of different hats and, yeah. and what are you focused on and what would you like to do? What's the kind of, those are two huge sort of existential questions, but like yeah. from the guy who, you know, you like to, you want to direct, you want to, you know, produce, you have yeah. the business mind, you have the creative yeah. mind, you have the, you know. Yeah. And, and, uh, Dan and I've had many conversations about this also. And Joe, we, we actually worked on it, but, uh, the business aspect of it now I've focused into, uh, entertainment. And obviously I do want to do way more other things, but, uh, as I, as I focus my energies, it's more so becoming, uh, an entity from my, uh, something closer to myself versus moving too far away from myself. Uh, meaning, uh, right now I, I've started a production company called Floor One Productions with Ian. Uh, Joe was in one yeah. of our f- short films back in the day. What was that, like 2015? Oh, yeah. Spiders? Yeah, Spiders. Yeah. So uh, there's four of us, Ian, Brittany, Fitz, and, uh, and I. I started a production company because I realized that I needed to, I have so many creative ideas that I needed somewhere to put them, right? So the first step was where do I put them so then when I have an idea I can make it as quickly as possible. Production company, which, is, which took a while to get there, obviously. Um, and now that I, I have started this idea and I can call them whenever I want, we can make things happen very quickly. I've now moved into directing, and I'm going to direct a music video um, the end of May, as of now, um, with a band called Brazen Youth. Um, well, give them a look on SoundCloud. They're really great. A lot of them went to Berkeley. Uh, a lot of them are Berkeley dropouts, which is cooler than going to Berkeley for four years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like Juilliard, like for a long time. Exactly. Like, yeah. like now, people really do graduate from Juilliard, but yeah. for a long time, it's like, oh, I dropped out of Juilliard. Yeah, like, yeah. Right, right. I'm in group. 32. Yeah, right. Trust that Juilliard. Now everybody's like, no, I graduated and I, you know, now I'm Adam Driver. So, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I can name a lot more people than Adam Driver. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Jessica Chastain. Jessica Chastain. Dan loves her. You know what? Should we go back to school? (laughs) No. No, you're right. Let's keep on this track, though. Um, (laughs) so, So how did you... How did you... Somebody just approached me on the street yesterday because... Obviously, you're super famous. This gear, <laughs> no, we catered together. This gear is uh, a product of the work that I've done yeah. as a filmmaker and as a content maker and doing. Yeah. I make lots of different stuff. Good ass much videos. Less, thank you very much. Good ass videos. Much less legit than the stuff that you're doing. Mm. However, I'm just curious. Like, how did you finance Floor One? Is that kind of a personal finance yeah. project, or or are you finding money as you go? How did you get this directing job? Finding money as we go is where we are right now. Um, uh, we're looking for an investor, so uh, 
uh, listen, <laughs> listeners of... You should have uh, seen the way he just looked at us. He goes, <laughs> yeah. He goes, we're looking look for an investor, and he, <laughs> yeah. just, he just gives us this RJ. He's a very charming guy. Yeah. Uh, he's very handsome, and he's I, just like this glint in his eye, like, you know what, if you know anybody with some money... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm laying it on them, but I'm also laying it out to you guys, to the world, to the internet, to the the, the yeah. devout listeners of... Yeah. Um, Guys who love musicals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're we're trying to add it like an investor team, so then we can just have them be the money person. We go, this requires this much. Can you help us find the money? Uh, and then we also need an editor, straight up a rock star editor to edit things quickly. Um, to just to speed, it's all about the speeding of the process of creative ideas because I think we we have the ideas, just a matter of getting them out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's the second question you asked? The directing, right? Yeah. How did you get the music video gig? So after the four of us, essentially created a pact, a blood brother pact, uh, we started um, cold calling, right? Uh, Fitz called a bunch of people. We shot a commercial recently with Teddy, Teddy um, Milan? Yeah. Yeah, who went to Michigan with us. Uh, we shot a, a commercial for a raincoat company that Fitz, our DP, wrote down um, tw- 20, 20 fashion brands in Brooklyn. He searched 20 fashion brands in Brooklyn and just cold called 20. Three responded, and one was like, great, let's shoot it. So we shot it. We did that last week. And That's awesome. That's yeah. Amazing. And so, um, honestly, man, New York doesn't give you anything. You just got to... You just got to get it. Yeah, but it's also <laughs> like... it. You, you just got to get it. I think what's fascinating and, and horrifying is like, you know, you get on a path. Yeah. You say, you know, you're chugging along this 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 path. You know, you're, you're doing your... You're doing your shows at your community theater. You're doing them in high school. Yeah. You go to you go to college. You know, and and you're you're following a very strict set of rules. You're yeah. getting A's in your classes, and you're doing what you're supposed to do. And then all of a sudden, you move to New York, and the rule book just evaporates. And no one is telling you. No one cares if you show up anywhere anymore. And so you have to like make your own schedule, your own narrative as an artist. And it's really, I think that's incredibly admirable that you're doing all of this because like it's easier to just stay in bed. Yeah. Joe, there's there's a there's a line that uh and you were there for this for sure and you might have come to it, but our graduation from the school of music, uh, where Gavin spoke at it. Oh, I think I know exactly what you're going to say, Gavin. Creel. Gavin Creel. Sorry. He spoke at our graduation. Our and our, our Lord that? and Savior. Just kidding. Our, our Michigan Lord and Savior. <laughs> um, uh, Gavin Creel. The, the one of the greatest things I still hold on to to, to this day, and I, it was the best send off from college for me anyway. Was he said. As you, as you leave this uh, school, you're going to have a lot of insecurities about what you are and who you are and what you can do and who, who, what mentors are there. And he reminded us very gently. He was like, nobody knows what they're doing. Yep. Right? Yep. So the fact that you're out there hoping that someone tells you what they're doing, they're telling what they did to get where they are, but they didn't know what they were doing as early as yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like That's everyone. Genius. Everyone is figuring it out. So it, literally, if you're 20 and in, uh, do I talk to the camera? Whatever you want. <laughs> if you're 20, if you're 20 and in uh, and in college, you're you have it just as figured out as I do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If you can, if you figure out who you are as the person, like your self awareness is high, you can do just as much as anybody else is. It's nobody knows what they're doing. And I figured I, it out. I died laughing when he said that. It was so. It it's was, amazing. It was an amazing quote, yeah. but. He got such a laugh from the audience because he was on stage in front of all these doc, all these doctoral, um, you know, PhDs. these PhDs, and these, <laughs> yeah, these right. professors, these these titans of 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 
of knowledge and professorship at the University of Michigan. Yeah. And I think he threw in an, uh, a, a cuss word, actually. I think oh, he yeah, dropped yeah. an F-bomb in there, yeah, too. Yeah, he, yeah. Was like, he was like, I, no one knows what the what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if we're going to swear on this podcast or not, but we probably are. So. Yeah, it's the first one. <laughs> so he, um, but we haven't figured it out yet. Make it as long we're as possible. We're making it like PG you yeah. know, for now. But he, and everybody laughed, and it, I, I feel the same way. No one knows what they're yeah. doing. And, and, and then he also said, we're all just kids having kids. You know, like, oh, yeah, like, I don't remember that one, but yeah. that's true too. I think he said that. It was like it's sure, this idea that we're all making it up and, and figuring it out as we go. That's amazing, man. Yeah. We I've gotta, get, we gotta get him on here. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. one I of mean, literally one of the kindest people yeah. I've ever met. Right? Like yeah, he's not just like too worked kind. with like no but not but like so genuine. I think yeah. this this is an interesting I you know this isn't necessarily about you, but it's about kind of how the business works. Cause I think something that RJ is really, really good at, and it's something that we should talk about is how you interact with people. Mm. You light up a room and you make people feel comfortable. Gavin is the same way. Gavin's one of these people who like will ask you 45 questions. Then all of a sudden you're telling Gavin career Creel about your career. And you're like, why am I yeah, telling yeah, you this? Yeah, yeah. Why? <laughs> you don't care about like, what do I have? Right. Um, so successful do you have any advice for people who are like, <laughs> trying to figure out how to network and how to like how to network and yeah just like how to connect with people like how have you built relationships like what is your mantra as far as that is concerned yeah um i, I think i think it changes per age group generally is where i'm at right now but uh for the age group that i think will get the most out of this talk right now i think saying yes to anything that only requires your time is important right when i first moved to new york i did so many things, which I also want to uh, uh, separate from just doing things for free. Like, you should do things that are, you're going to do a lot of things that are for free, but with the idea that, is this doing something for me also? Like, because uh, in New York, another thing people can do is they're like, hey, you're an artist, you're talent, you want to be on this, you should do this for free. And it's like, no, I'm not only doing this because you want me to do this, I'm doing this for myself. So uh, more so saying yes to things that you think will pay off, and if they don't pay off, that you learn in the moment. Don't expect them to pay off, but you should do things only that you're going to minute to minute learn something, right? Or maybe hour to hour learn something, or maybe project learn something, right? Minutia moments. Not, not, oh, maybe if I do this reading with Michael Grief, maybe when this goes to Broadway, because he, everything he does goes to Broadway, I'll be attached to it. It's more so, okay, what am I learning from Michael Grief right now? I think grief. it's grief, grief. isn't it? Grief's like, like yeah. life. I apologize, Michael. That's okay. I apologize. I used Michael to do grief. the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grief like leaf. No, it's a grief like You need like to be life. called out at some point. The other thing is <laughs> learn people's names. I think the first thing is learn people's names. Uh, but uh, uh, like, it, it, anyway, yeah. the idea that you're learning something in the moment, not for the future, hopefully for the future, but in the moment also, early on. And then as you get older, you learn what, the future means what investments are important and all that. So yeah, that's really interesting because yeah. I think we get <coughs> so many people you can see just blatantly trying to use people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. But it's not about what you can get from the other person. Yeah, I think it's about what you can provide for other people. Yeah, if you can be a person who provides for people, like even if it's just someone to listen to them. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and again, uh, to, to Gavin's point, the, the fact that he's so kind, that requires 
hardly much of him. You know what I'm saying? So use what That's requires. Yeah. Use what if you are really good at making people laugh. Use that. That's free, right? And use that to get in with people that you want to talk to. Um, or don't don't be annoying about it, of course. But whatever yeah. you are, use that. It right? doesn't take much time or effort to be kind. Exactly. That was what you. Yeah. Exactly. I, it's that's very eloquent. What, yeah. what you said. Yeah. I love um. That. So we're gonna wrap up here pretty soon. Uh, I got a question. But yeah, I got a question. Go ahead. Um, and we can edit around it if we don't. Okay. So, (laughs) I'm nervous. (laughs) No, 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 no. Okay. So, the we're living in an age of you know there's a lot lot going on in the world Mm -hmm. and good, bad, and otherwise. What is your feeling about kind of masculinity and toxic masculinity in the arts right now, on TV, on stage, in your daily life as a person who's creating? Not only, you know, you're creating stuff all the time. Yeah. So what is that to you? It's a big unpack. Uh, what I can do, though, is I can talk about uh, moments that check me, to be honest. Um, for example, I just did a reading recently of a play called Lion's Pride by Blue Beckford Burrell, um, a young blood writer, a graduate. Um, great play. Uh, and... We introduce ourselves. You sit at the table at the workshop, and uh, as you go around, you do the little icebreaker thing of like my name, the character, and a fun fact about yourself. Uh, but they added now, and I've done this at a bunch of readings now at this point, is pronouns. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So to not assume anyone's pronoun, to be honest, and uh, the fact that that culture is being accepted, I think, is one great step forward. Yeah. Although small, but a great step forward. They have that at sign-ins now at auditions. Sometimes yeah, I at saw certain, that. certain places you at go Tulsi, audition yeah. and write your, your, your pronouns, which yeah. I think is fantastic. Which is, which is something even two years ago, maybe, let's, let's just call it five years, just to be safe, but five years ago, I wouldn't have even thought of, right? right? right. Uh, and so uh, we, we've come a, a long way in that aspect. How do I feel about it now? I think the theater community actually is leading the charge in general. Um, they're giving artists, non-conforming, uh, uh, non-binary artists, the opportunities to tell their work. To, to, and, and since theater is so forgiving and open and theater artists are just so accepting that, that there's so much more of that. And we'll lead the charge in most diversity opportunities, actually. One thing I remember most recently is that, um, remember Oscar So White? Mm-hmm. At that time, I think the Tonys had the most diverse... Tony nominations ever. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. In, I think that's true. Yeah. But if it isn't true, it still had a bunch of diverse people in the Tonys. And of course we can do better, but it's the idea that the theater leads the charge. And, and I'm glad to be part of that community, to be honest. Yeah, to sort of hold a mirror to what's going on and, and how you want to change it. And, yeah. You know, as opposed to the, the I, I mean, the, the documentary just came out, the Shut Up and Dribble. Uh, idea uh, that like you know artists it came out yeah wow. yeah or I just saw uh, uh, an ad for it that you know athletes and artists and people are supposed to put a mirror to that and they're supposed yeah. to talk about it and one of the things that Dan and I wanted to talk about because we're guys who like musicals is yeah. that idea that like we're a couple, we're very privileged average middle class white dudes who have had no struggle the way that you know everyone people, every, other people other have. people have struggled yeah. and so. To just put a voice to like what's you know to try to be better and how can we be better about yeah. those things? 
um, and to, yeah. Anyway, it's just it's something that yeah I want to talk about. Yeah, and it's 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 quite important actually. Uh, like for example, I want to go see Taylor Max Titus. Oh yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. But I heard his show at uh, St. Anne's was something to marvel too. Yeah. And the fact that we talk about these things as artists, and I don't have to use a pronoun to describe Taylor Max's work at all, mm-hmm. is already a, a step forward in terms of acknowledging your self awareness of we're all just human beings. And that's the beginning of, I think toxic masculinity at the root of it is truly the idea that whether subconsciously or consciously that you're better than or that your way is the best. And then once you open your your ears and your eyes to the idea that there are others who don't even live the way that you live, it starts to melt away. Yeah. For the ones that are willing to let it melt away, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And like access to that information, exactly how other people live, what other people's stories are, yeah, is important. Yeah, um, and ignorance is not bliss anymore. No, you, know, no, 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 you no, can't no. just oh, that's not my, that's not in my home, that's not in my narrative. Like that's important. Um, yeah, so it's just something that I find you know that is worth talking about. Yeah, it's a great thing to meditate on. Totally. What's your? Uh, what are you most excited about this season? Have you seen anything you love? Oh, show-wise? Yeah. Most excited about. I think Eight Too Proud right now is the quickest thing I could think about, but I just saw um, Slave Play at New York Theater Workshop mm-hmm. recently, and I also saw uh, Antoinette Nwandu's play Passover, which was last season, I believe. Uh, I cried really hard. I was a part of the reading, actually, uh, that they did at in Yale with Page 73, about five five, six years ago, and to see how much it's grown and how important it is now, and, and still how important it was then and how important it still is now, uh, was one of the greatest plays I've seen recently. Um, I think everyone should read it. Fairview, that's another play that I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. which is coming back, I believe. Um, that play, Jackie, again, the names, Jackie Sibley's Drury. I don't want to get it wrong, uh, but it was originally produced by Soho Rep. Um, all these are plays that, that again, Attack toxic masculinity, uh, uh, close-minded diversity, um, mm-hmm. uh, and and Fairview did a really good job because it it engages the audience. And I'll stop there because there's somewhat of a twist in that play. I think everyone should go see it. Uh, Fairview um, is one of my favorite things I think I've ever seen. Um, so in terms of what I'm excited for, a lot. In terms of what I've seen, I think those two are the ones I want people to read or 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 go see when Fairview comes back. Just like that. Um, RJ, thank you so much. RJ, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, no, this is great. This was really... Because, like, you're one of my best friends, one of our best friends, but you don't get to sit and talk this way about stuff. Yeah. So, for some reason, now we have a microphone in front of us, and it's like, oh, yeah, we can hit a whole bunch of topics about different things in life. And, you know, I I love it. Or at least we get to share what we talk about in private anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. probably just be sitting here. Yeah. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of stuff I you know don't know about your journey that as your friend that I yeah, you're right. think is cool to hear too. So thanks yeah. for letting us uh, get a peek, pick your brain. We should turn the mic around on you guys next. Well, bum bum bum. Yeah. No, we'll they'll they'll get sick. Well, of that'll come us. eventually <laughs> if if people care enough. Yeah. We'll, well, we can interview each other. <laughs> Stupid. That's funny. <laughs> Man, thank you. We love you. Of course, love you guys too. Okay, thanks for listening to Guys Who Like Musicals. That was our interview with R.J. Brown. Um, if you liked the interview, uh, please let us know on Instagram, throw us a DM, 
or comment on any of our posts. Let us know who you want to talk to, what you want to hear, what you want to talk about, anything you care to hear. Uh, as always, please subscribe uh, wherever you listen to podcasts so that you can get updated on all the latest news. And if you don't mind putting a little review on Apple Podcasts, that if that's where you're listening, that, that would be super helpful for us. Joe, you have any thoughts? We are still uh, sponsored by no one. Uh, <laughs> I just think that's funny because we're just doing it for fun. No, thank you for listening. Uh, uh, we really appreciate uh, you guys listening and subscribing and everything. And uh, we got tons of interviews coming up. What? Well, you move the mic away from your face. It keeps moving. I have nothing else to say. We'll see you next week. <laughs> friends fade, or they don't make the grade. New ones are quickly made perfect as long as they're new. But us old friends wants to discuss old friends. Here's to us. Who's like us? Damn few. Cool. Next point. Company, the London production of Company, which is gender swapped, is going to come to Broadway. Hot take. Hot take. Uh, there have been some breakdowns that have been released, a couple of EPAs, mm-hmm. and they are looking to find the American company. I'm hoping that Rosalie Craig comes from, from London because she's real good. Hoping but also it says that the offer Paul. is out. It, to to who for Joanne? It's off. It's out. The it offer says that is the, out. Okay. the offer is out. So Patty Lapone. So Patty Lapone is most likely gonna be that person, right. unless they really want to slap the American audiences in the face and have it be <laughs> someone else. So, but yeah, just to recap, Patty Lapone played Joanne in the West End production of Company. Yes, and uh, which I guess Joanne is. Still the same gender, but Bobby right. is but Bobby a is woman a woman now instead of and a man. all the rest of the, the roles around Bobby, who right. is traditionally a man, right. uh, played by Raul Esparza in the most recent revival, right. um, is now going to be a woman, which is so cool. Yeah, so, super awesome. The really, cast album is amazing. Yeah, uh, it's on iTunes. What, I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. Uh, I finally found my key of so many of those songs because I can just sing her keys. I'm like really thrilled about it. <laughs> <laughs> you sing into the lady key. Absolutely. Dude, sing lower. No. Bring your bring. Sing lower. My okay. larynx is in my nose. I can't. It, sorry about it. Yeah. When you you know there, that's there's stories about American idiot and kinky boots in there somewhere about screaming through the roof. But we'll we'll, uh, we'll yeah, talk about we'll that at some point. That. 
Um, yeah. So our third little bit of news is this Little Mermaid casting controversy, which is Ooh. just... Twitter's stupid. So here's, for those of you who haven't heard, you must live under a rock or in the ocean. Don't yell at our listeners, Dan. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so Disney is keeping in their tradition of making these classic cartoon musicals that Joe and I grew up with. They're making live action remakes. They're doing The Little Mermaid. Rob Marshall is directing. Rob Marshall is perhaps one of the best musical movie musical directors that there could be did Ever. that Chicago movie Ever just heard of Chicago I mean amazing. not a big deal uh started in the theater we love Rob Marshall they've made a really intelligent and brilliant choice of casting Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.